welcome to the Brain Block Podcast, where we uh, we sit at the intersection of neuroscience and culture. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, Gunnar. I'm Isaac, and uh, I think we got a good episode today. We're learning about sort of the future of hive minds and sort of what a hive mind is and whether or not that'd be possible. Yeah, it's really interesting stuff. I, I'm, I'm really excited to get started talking about this. Um, you know, it's... It, it'll be, I think it'll be kind of fun to get, uh, yeah, I, th I think it'll be fun to be theorizing and um, especially with where we're at in society now, it, I, I, I wonder if we could even theorize about, I'm sorry, I'm retarded. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to, whatever, it's fine. I'll just, I'll just need to cut this out. Um, yeah, so I, I picked this episode based on uh, a certain stock trading that's been going on recently. Um, and then the, sort of that idea and how the internet has made his hive mind has been sort of posted out without much evidence. But so I really thought, I th think to key to understanding hive mind is sort of understanding how we define it and then how it's physically seen in the physical realm. Um, so one of the main ways that we think about hive minds would be honeybees. Um, now, so honeybees, even though they have sort of an individual idea, everything is done based on the sort of goal of an organization. The main way they define that is um, waking up of labor. And so, of course, we do that in our life. But so honeybees, one of the main ways they do that is they split, you know, in, in the breeders and the workers and the drones and all these things. Um, and they form memories associated with each colony and with its new location. And so... Yeah. Go ahead. Yes, that's incredibly interesting. It, it's obviously in our world, and and as humans, as evolved monkeys, we're damn good at creating different jobs for each other and uh, creating different departments. But we don't really have any interconnectivity as of right now. And I'm sure where you're going with uh, some of the online activity with Wall Street bets and the hedge funds, especially with uh, or specifically with uh, GameStop what's been happening uh, recently in our time, possibly long ago when whoever's listening to this podcast is uh, actually listening to this, uh, the, the GameStop stock being shorted too much uh, by the hedge funds and Wall Street bets and a couple of, <laughs> a couple of people, <laughs> you could say, uh, seeing it and um, you know, purchasing mad quantities of the stock to drive up the price and deter the overshorting by the hedge funds. Um, and, and it's... Also, most of the purchasing was based on sort of just an inherent idea. I think most people who sort of I went to the idea of GameStop didn't really know necessarily like, oh, they overextended, which then overextends labor supply, which then means, oh, we should need to do that. It wasn't a sort of, we all see the situation, therefore we act on it. It was a very impulsive sort of, oh, I've been told to buy this because then the 1%, the, the Wall Street people will hate it. Okay, then I'll do it. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's does, uh, I mean, especially with the hive mind, um, in, a human, in a human scenario, we're, oh, I would argue that we're almost at a hive mind in, or, or we're able to develop a hive mind in social interaction um, because we want to be socially accepted and we want to be uh, we strive to be approved by our peers, um, and not to say that oh, that's why someone bought twenty thousand in 
uh, GameStop stock <laughs> because that's not you know that's not the sole reason why, but it definitely is a huge factor, especially when considering that yeah people aren't going to be thinking about this, and if they aren't thinking about it, if they aren't processing it, what is what is influencing those de these decisions? What is causing them to do this? And is that an argument for a hive mind? Because yeah, like like you're saying, we're we're completely uh, compartmentalized in our labor and uh, in our ideas as well. I, I would say that we're getting better at um, creating uh, talking uh, platforms where we're able to really talk about our ideas and compare ideas and uh, as well as yeah, have more competitive labor. But what is what what would be a hive mind and what is social influence? Yeah, definitely. So bees use pheromones, and I think so do ants and sort of their hive minds to distribute information. Um, humans, unfortunately, were limited to speaking. But I was thinking with the technology we have and with brain-brain interfaces, that could be a possibility for um, creating a hive mind and sort of what that would mean. And whether that would be a good thing or whether that would be a bad thing, because unquestionably in a hive mind, with everyone already on the same page, with everyone already on the same ideas, you could get more done. However, you'd also like individuality, any sort of original art form. <laughs> art form, if you'd like to call it, at, at best, I would say. I, I think that, yeah, it would be incredibly interesting um, if, let's say, you know, the, the Tesla's Neuralink, for example, were able to connect and um, not just connect through Bluetooth to our phones to you know listen to music or whatever it's um, whatever it's claimed to be set up to do whatever it's claimed uh, would be set up to do but would be eventually um, able to connect to every other person with Neuralink or every other um, not only person with Neuralink but what if there was even yeah the uh, a chat or an input for people without it um, and then the question kind of or my thought, my question is, with that, where where is the cleanup of the bad? Because um, would there be self-governing? Would there be a, an understanding of, okay, all of our memories are shared, or all of our thoughts are shared, so stop thinking so negatively, or, or um, stop... <laughs> stop looking at blank. Stop, <laughs> stop consuming this. And with sort of those shared interests, it would lead you to describe, like, would, if we have all the same inputs into one person, and if we are sort of all connected in that same way, would those people even react in the same way, even if they're given all the same things? Because maybe our sort of hunter-gatherer um, uh, pattern-seeking DNA evolutionary history also would prevent us from ever forming sort of a real life living breathing hive mind because because hmm would, would yeah that would be incredibly in i mean sorry you're you're coming in and out for me so i'm sorry mike yeah Sorry, <laughs> um, that would be that would be super interesting if our our monkey our evolved monkey minds would limit some of that would prevent some of that and um, I guess that would 
I guess what I'm thinking is I think that would come down to a lot of the Neuralink capabilities as well because if you're able to implement these persons, um, implement everyone's thoughts into a single person's mind um, and vice versa, then uh, would there be a way to tell for this person? Is there a, an ability for them to understand, oh, these are not, oh, these aren't my thoughts. This is John's from my neighbor. This is, uh, okay, these are all these other people. These are my actual thoughts. Or would you just become a witness to all of these thoughts at once? And yeah, would, would it evolve into, would it evolve into this crazy hive mind? Because I would, um, if there wasn't any ability for us to tell with our, if there wasn't an ability to tell with the Neuralink whether or not this was our own thought or whether it was somebody else's that is just being implanted in ours, uh, in our mind, I would think that it would be treated as the exact same. It would be understood as the exact same. As I mean, the, the electronic uh, signals would be the exact same. So what would be... What would be, I mean, yeah, what would be the one thing that would prevent us from becoming a hive mind besides, um, what would, if anything, uh, prevent us be, from becoming a hive mind with a Neuralink um, besides a, an ability to t differentiate these different thoughts and ideas? Yeah, I think the only thing that could ever keep us from sort of becoming a hive mind would be our our own, I guess, nature. But I think it'd be very interesting to see, and it's sort of in that interaction of technology and um, and sort of culture and our sort of, so, um, yeah, just the way we interact. Because so bees, you know, they're very simple. They have, we do one thing, we do this, and we do that. But humans, I mean, we're complex. We do things for all these different reasons. We have all these different emotions. We have all these different things all of which might affect a hive mind because you have all these different variables and variables are sort of not tools for complete collaborative success. Oh, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think that, um, I, I think it's kind of interesting because I still go back to thinking, I, I still go back to thinking our, um, obviously our brains are, meet circuit boards. Uh, <laughs> uh, a grotesque, yeah, a grotesque way to uh, say it, but um, they, they aren't, they're still just interpretations of electromagnetic signals. So if we have everyone hooked up to send and receive um, the same electromagnetic signals as everyone else, would we need to, um, would we need to create different departments if we had a, um, uh, kind of like I mentioned before, like a chat bot almost where you're able to add your own thoughts and ideas if you didn't have this Neuralink. Could you um, create like a super highway between, um, between the two hemispheres of your mind and um, yeah, uh, create those mental loops and functions to really benefit each and every person? So instead of having um, instead of having one great hive mind, you have um, thousand, thousands of millions or however many people have this device um, of really intelligent minds because instead of it actually, like a yeah. part of a mind, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like instead of it just being a, 
Um, yeah, instead of it just being everyone thinking and seeing and interpreting the same idea, would they would they just build stronger connections within their mind, stronger mental loops that are able to um, that they're able to manipulate much more efficiently um, to to create you know, obviously either way better or where way worse ideas, whatever they set their mind to. Um, I. I, I would imagine that it would be, I would imagine that they would still be kind of locked into a hive mind state where everyone would still be feeling and thinking the same thing. But if they're able to differentiate those, if they're able, if we are able to, um, if we would be able to differentiate those thoughts as someone else's or our own, then I think we would be able to kind of create super highways of, um, mental connections that we wouldn't normally, I mean, and it would be similar to constantly taking like, like psychedelics or something because every single part of your brain would be fired by different, you, sorry? Your brain would get blown up <laughs> on like constant. <laughs> exactly. You were talking about the hive cells. Um, I just looked it up, anthropologically hum like proto-humans we're like in tribes of 20 to 50. So I mean, maybe if you, if I was uh, organizing a hive structure, maybe I'd try to keep it at that level, then try to have something up top. Yeah, that would be, that would be, um, that would be not only interesting to experiment with <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> um, obviously, again, we keep running into these human rights uh, issues, which are so annoying, but <laughs> uh, I would love, I would, <laughs> I would love to see what we could do. Um, what would be the maximum? Um, what would be the maximum number of people before it is, uh, before it is someone just constantly, yeah, having their brain fried to a crisp, like they're on, like they're taking psychedelics because like psychosis, like late stage psychosis. Yeah. Like, what would be that limit? What would be that limiter? Maybe it would be. Um, Maybe it would be early humans. Maybe it would be, um, I, I mean, a lot of people, not a lot of people, it is known that our uh, attention span and our um, focus has gone <laughs> down dramatically with the, the rise of social media and computers. Um, and I would be curious if that would help, if that would actually help us survive so we wouldn't be focusing on a single thing as well. Um, we wouldn't be honed in on a single thought because if one person, one, uh, yeah, one person in this hive mind, one computer creates this idea, if we're all able to focus really well, <laughs> then we'd all focus on this idea really well and it would be this devastating mental loop possibly. Yeah, I mean, because so we're coming at this from the idea of like a hive mind is sort of a group of individuals which serve a different idea, which have no sort of basis of self, but still retain some level of individuality. Because there's also the idea of sort of a hive mind is simply, it'd be like a, a thing with limbs, you know? Like that, that would be like the full science fiction, like Borg, where it's like almost just one person. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like we would even be able to connect ourselves together and almost... Uh... <laughs> oh, it's not even like connecting together. It's like there's no, there would be no difference, you know? Anyway, I think uh, with that, with ending with the experiments, I think we have a good episode today. Uh, so this is Isaac and Gunner signing off. Thank you. Bye.